you know, those kind of things we would deal with, you know, you know, we had it with our problems with substance abuse. We've had our problems with suicides. Uh, you know, the whole spectrum of the human condition is what we had to deal with day in and day out. So as much as we want to have fun on the podcast, we take what we, you know, experiences we had in the, in the Air Force and we examine some of the things that are going on in the military today. And, you know, they're very, very serious subjects. We, you know, we we know we've talked uh, also uh, in that episode about the sexual assault scandal in San Antonio, Texas, for the Air Force with the military training instructors, and you know that was you know those were kind of those are the issues that a chief and a first sergeant would have to work every every day. So we just incorporate that into our podcast because you know a lot of our listeners relate to to you know you know having to deal with the chief and the shirt you know in some way, shape, or form. Hi. And welcome to Podcaster Stories. Each show, we'll have a conversation with podcasters across all mediums and share their story. What motivates them, why they started their show, how they grew their show, and more. We'll also talk about their personal lives and some of the things that have happened that have made them the person they are today. And now, here's your host, Danny Brown. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Podcaster Stories, where we get to know the people behind the voices of the shows we listen to. This week, I have Jody Hanks and Chris Rash, who are the co-hosts of the Digression Podcast, a show about military news, history and folklore. So, Jody, Chris, thanks for coming on the show. Welcome. How about I hand it over to you to give us a little bit of background on yourselves and the show? Thanks, Danny. I really appreciate uh, your letting us be here. Uh, I'm Jody Hanks. And I'm Chris Rash. Yeah, that's how the show normally opens. And uh, <laughs> so, um, um, history, I guess. Uh, we're both retired Air Force guys. I'm a retired Air Force uh, medic. I actually started out in the, in the dental career field, uh, went into operations later on, and actually ended the career in, in dental. Uh, retired Chief Master Sergeant. I had 24 years in the Air Force, and uh, I'll turn that over to you, Chris. And I'm... Uh Career Air Force also, uh, uh, career uh, aircraft maintainer, spent uh, spent 20 years working the flight line in the back shops, um, actually did a tour in uh, uh, good, old, good old RAF Alkenberry in the UK, as our, some of our listeners already know, and uh, worked on the U-2 over there. Um, <clears throat> from there, I went on to become a, a first sergeant, which is a, kind of an interesting position in the Air Force where it's uh, all about uh, morale, welfare, and discipline. Uh, so instead of maintaining aircraft, I was maintaining people. Um, and then from there, um, uh, my first squadron was dental, where I met Jody. Uh, and then we, you know, we really coalesced and, and gelled really well. And then I retired. I moved on after about 18 months. I moved on to security forces, a cop unit, um, and retired out of, out of security forces. Uh, about a year and a half, I think, after Jody retired. And is that where, so obviously you've known each other for a good few years, is that where the idea for the show came up, or was it later? Well, we started the show back in, in dental. We just didn't <laughs> think to record it until 10 years later. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of what it was. Yeah, we, uh, we'd sit in my office, and um, you know, in the morning we were drinking coffee, in the afternoon we were drinking scotch, and, um, <laughs> and the, the podcast was and kind of And lunch it was sake. Yeah, so, yeah, sometimes it was. And... Um, so the, the podcast was born out of the conversations that, you know, we used to have, you know, just kind of sitting in there. And um, the digression comes up because that's kind of what the conversations went to. They, you know, would normally start about something serious, something operational, something that actually had to do with the job. And then it just kind of, you know, went off on tangents, asides, <laughs> you know, like, and 
you know, we would dig- digress into other stories. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. Let me talk about, uh, let me talk about this. I mean, sometimes we talked about, you know, bunny rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> we did. And I think also one... What also pushed the idea of, of the podcast was we had a, uh, a young, very powered up uh, young lady in our squadron that, you know, she would always jokingly ask, but she was inquisitive as to what we would always talk about in the office behind closed doors because she wanted to know what, you know, the senior non-commissioned officers, what was, you know, what were they dealing with? Because she was looking at her own path and her own career. You know, and, and what were we talking about? Well, it turns out it wasn't usually anything that she thought we'd be talking about. Right. So we, we put the podcast together and, and as a way to kind of, you know, get a peek behind the curtain as to what was going on back in the day. We did have to work on some very serious issues. Hmm. However, uh, we found that, you know, having the digressions during those conversations really helped us, you know, congeal together as a team and, and help our team work out uh, quite a bit when we had to work those serious issues. Yeah, when you look at when you look at the backgrounds, I mean, we're a pretty unlikely pair, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really are. And you've mentioned, obviously, uh, you record with coffee, but you publish with scotch. And I noticed that in your bios on the the website that you both enjoy a good scotch, which I think I'm Scottish myself, so obviously I'm a, a single malt guy. And my favourites like are other whiskies, like the peaty whiskies from the Isle of Isla. What's your tipple? What's your go-to scotch? Or do you have one or two or? Well, my favorite is Glengoyne, and mm. um, yeah, so it, you know, kind of a Highland. So, um, and I like, uh, I like, I think Glengoyne is just a lot smoother, and um, um, it uh, it doesn't, uh, you know, a lot of scotches have kind of a that that burnt peaty taste to it. Um, Glengoyne still has the still has the peaty taste without that uh, that kind of burnt taste to it. Also, like Glenmorangie, I I had mm. a I had a. Um, glass of that once that was, um, or recently I had a bottle of that that was, and it was it was it was cured in um, in port gla- in port barrels, and um, you know it actually had a little uh, purple color to it, and there was a little, you know the uh, you know the the finish was was kind of sweet, tasted like port, and it was um, it was very good, very good. But yeah, Glengoyne's my favorite. My favorite scotch is usually whatever Jody's handing me because uh, I'm not as well versed in scotch as he is. But I did used to keep a bottle of Talasker in my in my uh, desk, and that really proved who I used that as a litmus test of who I could trust and who I probably wasn't going to trust. Because if they couldn't, you know, they couldn't if they couldn't bear that. Because that whisk, I mean that that scotch that'll light you on oh, fire. Gosh. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, um, that that's kind of. Uh, I'm right there with Jody. So, no, no. You mentioned that you have um, you've been doing the show for a while now, and it's only maybe in the last few years that you started, you know, doing it from a recording point of view. Um, <laughs> as that show has grown, what's been the sort of the biggest challenge that you've faced over the history of the show, and how did you kind of overcome that? It it was definitely from my end. It was it was tech. It was we were always having problems with some sort of connection because Jody's in Florida and I'm in Virginia, and. For whatever reason, when we first started, it was we could barely get through an episode without having to go back and redo the whole thing because of whether it was Skype or whether it's because we were trying out different platforms. And then whatever connection, it always seemed to be on my end um, that, you know, we were we were having having problems. And now we've got that pretty much worked out. So yeah, that was that was that was probably the biggest challenge. And we tried, you know, we tried every um, platform. We use Skype, we use Zoom, we use Zencaster. Um, we finally settled on Squadcast. It's um, it's been pretty reliable. I mean, and it, it's a it's a great platform. And it's good to be able to to see you know the people that you're talking to, 
uh, it makes a it makes a big difference. I know that that's that's not as important to me, uh, but I I know that uh, Chris is more relaxed when yeah when you can actually see people that mm. that he's talking to. So uh, yeah, yeah, I but, think it makes but, the conversation flow much more naturally. Yeah. You see those visual cues, and especially when we're interviewing people, because you know when they're you can see they're about to say something or or, or chime in. So. And I think that that's a it's a good point you mentioned about the the fluidity of it and um, with the visual cues because um, sometimes if you're it's it's hard to tell a nuance of a question or a comment or something if it's audio only and then you've got that awkward pause and you're thinking did I just insult that person with something that <laughs> you know said or whatever Guilty. so it's nice to see that little there's still a spark on their eyes are okay with that <laughs> that's so you're true. on you're on what episode thirty four now I believe. Um, yeah, has the experience lived up to your expectations when you were first thinking about taking a podcast from, say, your personal discussions onto a more public forum where other people can now listen in and see what you guys are made of? Started kind of as an experiment. Um, and we, you know, we did one podcast a month for about the first year, you know, just to, you know, to kind of feel our way through it. And we changed things up with almost everything. So if, if you go back and listen to the early episodes, you know, the you'll hear, you know, Huge variations in the in the audio quality of the of the podcast. I don't think they're they're bad, but uh, you know we're doing a whole lot better now. And um, I think right now there there's probably there's there's more production that's done in them now. There's there's a lot more forethought that's put into it. I think that that's probably the biggest change that we've made or the transition that we've made. And we're bringing in guests now and. And talking to them and letting them, you know, interact in the in the show, which is which is a lot of fun as well. Chris, what do you think? I, you know, the thing that I I when we first started, I was like, was wondering were we going to ever run out of you know things to talk about? And I mean, we, we'd had conversations for ten years on the phone, but would we run out of things that were interesting enough that other people would want to listen to? And well, I mean, we haven't been doing this for you know a decade yet, but it just. It, doesn't seem like we ever run out of anything to 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 look into or to discuss or or you know dissect and the feedback that we get is that you know people love what we're talking about so you know we're gonna keep pressing that's the best part is the you know people that engage with the show you know the the feedback that you get and uh, the questions that they ask you know we we try to at the end of the show you know cover the feedback that we're getting just to share that and answer questions and that's probably the most the most fun, I think, you know, just you know, having having other people engage with the show. Mm, and I think that probably comes across as well because you you've known each other for so long and you're you're friends and you you, you do certain things together. There's that camaraderie there that, that sort of often some shows can maybe miss or or doesn't quite have because it's still two separate people that are doing a show together, if you like. And I think that's that that can make a big difference. And, and to your point, Chris, keep the topics going, even when you think, you know what, we've been doing this for like five, six, seven years or whatever. At some point, <laughs> it's going to stop. And, you know, clearly when two friends get together, even if you've not seen each other for 10 years, you just sort of kind of drop back into that moment. Well, I got to give credit to Jody because there's a lot of times that he'll be like, hey, we should do a podcast. And he's like, we did episode 22. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it, it's hard not to tell the same war stories over and over again. You know, you get into that, uh, you get into that habit. So. Now, you mentioned, obviously, the show, uh, it's called a digression podcast because you tend to, you know, go with the flow and whatever's happening at that time and then the conversation. And as I mentioned, you can tell the camaraderie is there, the humour, you know, and not quite taking yourself seriously at times, depending on what the, the conversation is. But I'm also, I, I like the fact that you're 
you also go into very serious topics. You know, you're not afraid to tackle serious topics and, and tougher topics. Um, you've got, for example, you've got the um, Chief Master Sergeant Juan Lewis, uh, who was talking about his battle with corona, uh, coronavirus. And recently you looked at, I think there was a couple of shows on the same topic, uh, where you, you're digging into the amount of soldier deaths uh, and the growing number of soldier deaths through either suicide, murder, illness, etc. How important is it for you? I mean, was it always that, that was always a, um, a, a goal with the show? Or has that come along as you've grown? And, and how important was it for you to be able to tackle these topics and to show that side of the show, if you like? Well, for me, I mean, those are the kind of things that we talked about anyway. And, um, you know, outside the show, we may be, um, you know, we were talking about Fort Hood, you know, for example, you know, all the deaths at Fort Hood. And the more we, you know, got into it while we were, you know, just, you know, talking over the phone, it's like, okay, well, you know, we should, we should do a podcast on this. And every, every other podcast, uh, we do the current news, right, military news items. And it was a news show. That was a news day. And it was just one. So it was just one news topic. And it was, you know, the deaths at Fort Hood. We actually brought in um, a retired Sergeant First Class from the Army who used to be stationed at uh, Fort Hood. And uh, he was a tank guy um, to, to talk with us on that one and provide, provided some perspective that two, two old Air Force guys can't, can't provide, you know, because we didn't live that same, that same life. Jody's absolutely right. And and what helps us with that is, you know, our perspective. We were part of a triad at the top of the squadron. You had the commander, you had Jody the chief, and you had me as the first sergeant. And the personnel issues that we would deal with, well, Fort Hood's a a, a, a great case study of, of what the triad would have to, to deal with and cope with. So it was natural for us to, to talk about it. And, and, you know, with our point of view, although, like Jody says, you know, it was Air Force point of view. That's why we brought in uh, uh, Sergeant First Class Bartow. Um, but you know, those kind of things we would deal with. You know, you know, we had it. We had our problems with substance abuse. We've had our problems with suicides. Uh, there, um, you know, the whole spectrum of the human condition is what we had to deal with day in and day out. So, as much as we want to have fun on the podcast, we take what we you know experiences we had in the in the Air Force, and we examine some of the things that are going on in the military today and. Um, you know, they're very, very serious subjects. We, you know, we, we know we've talked uh, also uh, in that episode about the sexual assault scandal in San Antonio, Texas for the Air Force with the military training instructors. And, you know, that was, you know, those were kind of, those are the issues that a chief and a first sergeant would have to work every, every day. So we just incorporate that into our podcast because, you know, a lot of our listeners relate to, to, you know, you know, having mm. to deal with the chief and the shirt, you know, in some way, shape or form. Have you found that people listening to these these particular episodes, for example, have been able to be more comfortable in coming forward and talking about either their own issues or reporting issues that they may not have had the confidence to do otherwise because they're, they're showing that it has been talked about, it is okay to talk about it and it is an, an issue that needs spoken about. Have you had feedback from, you know, um, people still serving in the military or post-military that have listened to these episodes? We, I don't know that we've had anybody that, that has come out and, uh, you know, like it, uh, you know, it, it, it made them want to come forward with, you know, something that they were dealing with in their, in their life or in their past or anything. But uh, the, the feedback that we get, for the most part, is, is you know, specifically, comic, specifically commenting on the, on the episodes and drawing questions out of there and, um, 
you know, making uh, you know maybe a correlation between their service and and what's happened. Uh, we've had a, I mean, a, a few just you know commenting on you know what's going on in the in the world today, but we haven't had anything really deep. I don't think that we can. Uh, I can't think of anything. Um, we used to talk about tens of listeners. We're at hundreds of <laughs> listeners now. So, you know, maybe, maybe as we grow a little further, you know, we'll have some, uh, some deeper discussions and uh, mm. feedback from folks. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Now, now, you're on currently, is it episode 34 you've got published uh, at the moment, I believe? Correct. Over the time of the show, are there any episodes that have stood out to you in particular? Uh, and if so, why that one or why that two or et cetera? Probably our... Uh the two that struck me in my mind, um, probably our first one, you know, to, to have the have the guts to put it out there. And then I think our most significant podcast was the uh, the one we did last, not this past summer, summer before the 50th anniversary of the Apollo um, hmm. moon landing. Uh, we worked really hard on that episode uh, and it came out really, it was a long episode and um, I, I really enjoyed um, listening to it myself when I went back to review it. I'm like, Oh wow! We you could see the work that we put into it, and I'm particularly proud of that one. Yeah, we did a lot of research for that, I think, and um, there were aspects about that about that topic. I mean, you know, Chris's dad um, actually he was a scientist, and he 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 worked on moon rocks that were brought back from the moon. So I mean, wow. those kind of things. My dad was in the Navy and was on the carrier that picked up the Apollo Eight astronauts so you know there was you know that kind of uh you know personal aspect to the story as well and i think that you know that had some some meaning and and speaking of that connection i mean that's really cool to have that that connection that personal connection to such an important piece of history because you've got that connection does it anger you at times when you get the conspiracy theorists that say it never happened it was all recorded in a studio blah blah or do you just think you know what i'm not even going to get involved with this you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I just watched Capricorn One um, just a couple of weeks ago with my uh, with my son, and I don't know if you're familiar with the movie. It's got mm. uh, um, uh, James Brolin in it, and uh, uh, but it's about it's about a faked uh, Mars landing, right? They did it in a, a sound studio, and so it's it's the same kind of thing. But um, no, I don't I don't get angry at the at the ridiculous arguments that that people make, the flat earthers, but. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's uh, it, it's funny to talk about it though. Yeah, I think I think Jody and I's sense of humor is you know when people, you know, when people want to give us feedback like and say you know uh, that that conspiracy theory you know we kind of enjoy it because we've actually done a few episodes on on talk the about conspiracy theory, our second yeah. and third ones talking about UFOs yeah. and you know rabbits. <laughs> that's and, the that's the folklore know, part. Crazy. Yeah, you know, so so we we enjoy that. I don't. I don't get upset about if they don't think that the you know that that the moon landing happened because, um, you know that's that's their thing and uh, I just know that you know I saw the you know I saw the stuff that Dad had from when he would go to um, when he would go to the lab out in, in uh, Livermore, California. You know, he brought back his little clean suit and everything like that, and I'm like, well, that's got to be a heck of a conspiracy if they're <laughs> issuing gear for a for a fake. So that's right. Um, but yeah. It's, it's funny you mentioned the uh, the flat earthers, Jody. I saw like a little meme on Facebook um, where there was a flat earther society or something like that, and they'd run a poll and they said the results are in. People all around the globe have spoken, <laughs> <laughs> and the first comment underneath was, "Just reread what you just posted." <laughs> right, like, perfect. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. 
That's now, one of the things that I'd like to talk to you about, and I know, Jody, you'd mentioned uh, when we were speaking earlier, um, prior to today's recording, um, is the work that you guys did at the Keesler Air Force Base. Um, and is it Biloxi, Mississippi? Biloxi, Mississippi, yeah. yeah and, and this was following uh, Hurricane Katrina, correct? Correct. Yeah. And and obviously, I mean, that was a devastating um, impact across America with that, that particular hurricane. Um, what what happened there? How did you guys get involved? And what, what was going on at the time there? Well, um, Hurricane Katrina uh, hit, the, hit the coast there. It kind of churned. It was a Category 5 and just you know, churned there for a while and devastated and the, the, whole, the whole Gulf Coast area there. And it, they almost, uh, or the Pentagon was talking about closing Keesler. Uh, because of the, the damage that was done to the base. Keesler has a regional medical center, um, so a very big hospital on there. And when Katrina hit, I was actually on my way to Korea. Uh, I spent a year at Korea before I you know, actually came to Keesler. Uh, I think Chris was at Nellis, right? Chris was at... Yep, I was in Vegas. And uh, he went to first sergeant school before he ended up coming there. But right after Katrina, I mean, it was... The, the conditions were austere. They were working out of tents. They, they actually ran the hospital out of tents. It was, it was a lot like, you know, being deployed overseas, you know, to, to, to some uh, remote location where, you know, you didn't have a lot of um, support, a lot of equipment. Uh, you were rebuilding things. So when we got there, which was, you know, just about a year later, the coast was still decimated. Uh, houses, you know, still hadn't been rebuilt or building even started. There were a lot of uh, uh, foundations that were just foundations sitting there. Yeah, just, just slabs sitting there. And um, on the on the hospital, um, they were back into physical buildings, but a lot of things weren't operational. Um, a lot of people that evacuated for the hurricane, um, they didn't. They never came back. Right, so they, they didn't bring people back in. They sent them to, to other bases just because of you know, the base was in, in limbo at the time. So Manning, we went, we both went into the, the dental squadron. You know, I had a dental background. I was the chief there, and this is the largest dental squadron in the Air Force. It's got a, a huge dental lab. They do uh, provide advanced uh, education for dentists. So that it's you know it's like a, a graduate program for dentists and. Uh, all the dental specialties and things like that. Anyway, Manning was between 60, 70 percent, um, and morale was low. The, uh, the unit there had not won an award in years. Um, and, you know, here comes, you know, here comes me, fresh from Korea, and then, you know, here comes this knuckle-dragger maintainer, <laughs> first sergeant, that's, uh, <laughs> that kind of put everybody off. And um, we just started uh, rebuilding the, the personnel there. You know, not, 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 not the building or anything, but the, the, the team uh, at, the, at the center. By the time that we left, um, it was actually the most winningest. It was the winningest um, dental organization in the, in the command, in Air Education and Training Command, which we were part of. And it was over a, a two-year span of time, and it was, it was, you know, working, you know, getting there in the trenches and, and raising up the, um, the performance level, the morale level of the, of the troops that, that served there. And it was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of black flag runs, which is, you know, runs in the, in the very ho- hottest part of the day, um, standing out in the parking lot clapping, singing the Air Force song, those kind of things. So, <laughs> Anyway, I don't want to monopolize that, Chris. 
good good times. The, the, Keesler was um, was still so, uh, lack of a better term, hammered when we got there. That um, my wife was eight months pregnant, and my son had to be born in Mobile, Alabama, because there was just not any. You know the um, they didn't have a NICU. They you know, they had a L and D ward, but they did not have a, a neonatal ICU. Um, in case he needed it, so they they kicked us off to uh, to Mobile uh, to a civilian hospital, um, and it took us all but till about um, when he was born to find a house that we could live in because there just weren't any. They were all destroyed. So we Jody still is, is in horror that we lived in a in a really old uh, ramshackled uh, uh, RV or, or or what your listeners would probably uh, know as a caravan. And uh, it was old, and it leaked, and it was a piece of you know, crap. It was almost it was out of, of the rain. Yeah, it was it a was. big piece of crap. But you know, it, it did its job for what it was we dropping to car do, parts on the on the highway as it was. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not lying. Um. I blew a tire like nobody's on the way there. But anyway, I digress. Uh, so, you know, we had a big challenge of not just you know setting that base back up again, but you know, getting it back to you know what would people would consider normal functions. And, um, and that was, and that was hard because the, the folks, most of the folks, um, lost everything. I mean, literally everything. And, uh, I remember going through one of the, I was rearranging the office for doing something and a, and a check fell out for one of our civilian dentists from the Red Cross. I'm like, what's this doing? You're like two years later, this check falls out. And I'm like, and now it's all expired. And I even feel worse because now I found it. <laughs> And I'm like, uh, so you realized how, you know, how much people needed that, that assistance at the time, because they, they literally lost everything, but maybe their car. So, um, it, it was, it was, it was far more difficult than I was expecting to have to deal with it. You know, just thought, oh, we're going to another base that, that hurricane happened a long time ago. No, the place was still pretty well. Um, uh, a lot of our buildings are still closed, um, so we had to, uh, like our our base finance office, that's where my wife worked. Um, it had to be put into a, a whole different building because the building it used to be in had the entire first floor was underwater. I mean, the whole base was flooded because uh, you can, you can, the let's see, the front gate of the base is 250 yards right. from the beach. So the water just rolled straight into the, into the. From both sides. It's kind of, it's kind it. of an isthmus. So, hmm. so the back bay flooded. The back end of the base, the yep. the front, um, you know, the storm surge took that. So, and, and then we had two more hurricanes while we were there. <laughs> so we had Gustav and Ivan like back to back. So we had even in, even more damage. Um, so yeah, it was it was quite a challenge uh, to to start off with, and you know we had to work so hard, and that's where all this came together is is the time we spent working working the issues and, and trying to put that base right. back together, just building people up. And, and you'd mentioned that you mentioned that a lot of it, especially um, when you arrived there, morale was so low, uh, and a lot of that to get the buildings and the, the work that you needed to do, you had to get the morale, you know, um, of the the people there. How how do you go about something like that when there's been such a devastation? Uh, people aren't sure what's coming next. Um, how how do you go in and and try fix that or do fix that? Obviously. Well, here's a here's a great example, and I you know. Not long after we got there, we did have a, a young airman who was graduating from Airman Leadership School. And you know, it's, the, it's the first um, phase of professional military education that an airman goes through. It's a big deal. And 
his supervisors, the commander, you know, everybody normally attends these graduation ceremonies, you know, especially for, for these folks going through their first one. Well, the only people from the squadron that were at this ceremony were Chris and I. And his supervisor wasn't there. His commander wasn't there. Nobody else in the, in the facility was there. His wife and his mom were there. So I was actually kind of embarrassed. Um, so that was, that was actually the first thing that we did. We actually changed the, the what do we call those, cheers? Yeah, the squadron, the squadron cheer. cheer. They, they had this lame cheer. When, whenever you go to uh, events, you know, each, each organization, you know, each squadron or whatever, they have a cheer, you know, whatever their organization is. And this one, you know, for this one was Dental Pride Smile Wide. <laughs> and, you know, it drew more, more laughs and chuckles than anything. And this is, this is a war fighting, um, you know, or you know, that's, that's what these folks are, uh, essentially. So we changed that there that night to, uh, if you can't bite, you can't fight. I think that was our, that was our, that was the first step in the right direction. And more than anybody else, I think Chris and I were probably the loudest yelling that in the, <laughs> in the center. So, you know, just kind of letting people know that, hey, here we are. And, you know, we're going to start making changes now. The next day, got all the senior NCOs in the organization together, all the senior non-commissioned officers, and sat them down and said, hey, you know, why were me in the, you know, in the shirt, the only people there at his graduation yesterday? You know, this is totally ridiculous. Where were you people? You know, how, how are you going to lead, you know, these, these folks forward if you can't support them, you know, when they want you, to, when they need you to support them? Um, but anyway, that was the first step. And then just, you know, gradually over time. Well, and then the other, the other part of it, what we built on top of that was, um, you know, we had a lot of, a lot of personnel issues and a lot of problems, um, people having, having problems with life. And when I would, you know, I'd get, I'm the first sergeant is the one that gets the call in the middle of the night. Hey, you know, Airman Snuffy's been in a car accident or has been arrested or what have you. And I had an incident where uh, young Airman was in trouble in the dormitory, and her her actual um, suite mate, the the young lady that shared the bathroom with her in the dormitory, um, started texting me. And so I called that supervisor up and said, "Hey, meet me at the dorms." And we started realizing really quick that the su- the first line supervisors are like, uh, "What?" And got a lot of, uh, "No, that's the first sergeant's job. I just I just take care of them at work." And so we had to you know, completely retool uh, the way our, our frontline supervisors and our mid-level non-commissioned officers dealt with the people. Because if, you know, they needed to know not only that where their, you know, that their their airmen lived in the dorm, but also what room, mm-hmm. how to get there. And and we built on top of that and we, we kept building pride and pride and pride. But I think the thing that really, one of the most key elements that we fixed was, of course, in the military unit, uh, they measure fitness, physical <laughs> fitness, and our rate was terrible. And uh, we got there, and you know, Jody talked about the black flag runs. Well, we decided that we need to start providing time during the duty day for our folks to get out there and get some fitness because they weren't doing it on their own. So we implemented the policy, and actually, some of our doctors were like, "Hey, wait a minute! It's it's black flag conditions. We can't run in black flag." And my point of view was. The worst day in Biloxi, Mississippi is a nice day in the desert. So we're going to run. And, and there was a lot of grumbling, a lot of people moaning and groaning. A uh, whole slew of new phys- uh, fitness fitness waivers came out. 
is people just didn't want to do it. But eventually what happened is we started getting more and more people off the, you know, we'd have to go to the to the base command and, and, you know, there'd be slides of, you know, how many people in this squadron were failing. And then, and our number kept every, you know, every month kept shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And suddenly we were one of the best on, on the base. And they're like, what are you doing? In fact, we were better, you know, we, we had better fitness rates than security forces than the cops at the time. And you think cops must need to be <laughs> physically fit because their job, you know, requires them to run and catch bad guys and stuff. We eclipsed them. And people started to notice, and you know that we had people from the other squadrons. Other first sergeants were coming to me, going, "Hey, what are you doing over there?" And um, want to know because. Um, and once our folks started getting off the uh, off the program, and and what we would do is we'd go run. Not only you know we'd run in the in the squadron runs, but we'd go run with them individually. Somebody's having a problem. Hey, let's go after work, and we'll. And when they saw that we were willing to do that, that leading from the front. And actually caring about them, things got better. People were more pr- were proud. They didn't walk around, and when people ask them, "Hey, what squadron are you in?" Oh, dental. They're like, "No, <laughs> dental." And they're like, "Oh, you're the guys that are kicking butt on everything, you know, whether it's awards or fitness or what have you." So, I think those two things that were 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 pretty key mm. in my mind. Great. And now you're, you're both retired now. Um, it sounded like from your time, especially obviously at Keesler and what you did there, um, it sounds like there was maybe some process issues or whether it was like higher up um, didn't care as much. Do you hear from um, friends that are still you know, enlisted that it's got better or did, did you recognise it before you retired that things have got better or is that something that's still ongoing? Maybe not even just in the Air Force, but just generally what, what's, what's happening there? You know, the, the leadership, at least at the base level, you know, that usually rotates over every two years. So there's a lifespan there. And even even in the squadron, it's usually two to three years. Um, so there's there's kind of an oscillation between, you know, good and bad. And, and you know, throughout my career, I've had good commanders, bad commanders, um, and they oscillate. So that oscillation hasn't changed much. But I know uh, that I've gotten feedback that our folks... Some of our folks, you know, they really missed having us around because the the people that followed us uh, either had a different point of view or were not as engaged, or um, you know the and and the thing the thing was like with fitness when it came, to, you know, fitness is you know has has never been my I've been never been my my greatest friend. I did it because mm-hmm. I had to, um, and it was one of the reasons I became a first sergeant because I didn't look like you know. GI Joe or you know somebody that was a Navy SEAL or or in the SAS it just I, I didn't I never have my you look at my whole family we don't look like that but what I want to show them is with a lot of hard work and determination you could do anything in the Air Force and when somebody was having a problem you know getting in and, and investing that time in them and then but also walking the walk there were a lot of times where it would have been easy for Jody and I because we would have myriads of meetings over and over in in different places throughout the week or the in the in the duty day we made sure that folks saw that if we missed the squadron run they saw us at the end of the day heading out to we had a running track called I81 to heading out to I81 to make sure that we didn't miss it so that they knew we were walking the walk and so I got feedback that you know they missed that kind of personal touch, and and um, they missed that that involvement. I know both Jody and I, even 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 ten years later, uh, we still hear from people from time to time. They'll ask for advice and and, and what have you because they they're they're just not hearing the answer that they may want or that that they think that they should be getting. Um, not that they're 
not that their leadership isn't doing their job. It's just different than the way we did it, and they like the way we, we, we did it. Now, you're obviously, you're, as we mentioned earlier, you're on episode 34 at the moment, um, mm-hmm. and you've been doing it a few years now. What are your goals for the future of the show? Are you continuing to, like, obviously keep the format of this, but do you have any plans to expand to different areas or, you know, do more guests? Or what's your, your goals there, do you think? Well, we're we're definitely, you know, expecting that, you know, $200 million Joe Rogan <laughs> contract from Spotify yeah, any minute. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, they're on. Let me check. Let me any check minute. Okay. Not, not yet. Not yet. We in the, we in the show with the, with the, same little phrase that we say every time and it's uh, um, we stand for nothing and sometimes we can't even stand and <laughs> what that is I mean we just don't take we don't take things too seriously right um, we don't take ourselves too seriously I mean we cover serious topics but you know we don't this is not uh, as long as this is fun and we're enjoying what we're doing um, I think that we'll continue um, we're doing things now that we didn't consider doing when we first started, you know, the interviews and, you know, bringing people in and, you know, engaging in that way, um, you know, building a Facebook presence and those kind of things. Um, so it's kind of like it's kind of wherever the wind takes us when it comes to it. I mean, the, the, the conversations are still the same. The discussions are still the same. The topics, you know, we, we talk about those things anyway. It's just, you know, remembering to press the damn record button. <laughs> that happened once or twice speaking for an hour then there's nothing there (laughs) that's right well and and uh the the bloopers and things like that are fun too because i'll normally throw those in the back you know in between if you if you listen to the music at the end sometimes we'll just cut it and whatever you know big blooper there was in the (laughs) show that day we'll just put it in there yeah and then you mentioned obviously um Hit record. Yeah, make that's like a basic error. Don't, don't <laughs> not hit record. So, as podcasters that have grown your show um, and have been doing it for a while now, what one piece of advice would you give to someone that's thinking of starting a podcast? Don't don't worry mm-hmm. about don't worry so much about the equipment because uh, I mean if if you do the you do the research you look at the the YouTube videos I mean there's all kinds there's there's master classes and things like mm-hmm. that that you see out there. Get you something simple, you know, whatever your budget, you know, allows at that time and and start. I mean, you can do you can do a podcast now on your phone, you know, using the Anchor app. Just start, you know, and and enjoy what you're doing. I mean, you'll learn. There's there's plenty of people that you can ask questions um, to on online. Um, I know that uh, the things that we were doing at the beginning, uh, you know, as far as or things that I was doing, I, I do. I edit the shows. Um, I mean, I've learned a lot, you know, in these two years. Um, what we put out now is a lot better just based on, on what, I, what I know now. And would I have rather the early shows sound, you know, like the shows that we put out now? Certainly. But, you know, we would have waited two years to do it. So just start. Just mm. start. Have a good time. And I would say that, um, you know, the, our podcast, like we said before, was, is just us deciding to record what a, a conversation we would normally have anyway. Jody and I have always enjoyed have always relished a great conversation and interesting topics and, and, you know, and getting off on tangents. That's just been our thing since we, we got together. And so we brought it into, into a podcast because, well, we're passionate about, you know, having a great conversation. So that's my, my advice is find something you're really passionate about. Don't worry about whether it's going to sell, whether anybody's going to be interested in it or not. 
the find something that you're interested in and run with it. And, um, you know, it's, it's like the old movie line. If you build it, they will come and Hmm. they have. Right. So, and that, that's awesome. I, I, I like the fact that you mentioned, you know, just get on and, and experiment. Because I think, as you, as you say, a lot of the time it can be seen as a very technical, you know, endeavor because you have to get the right mic and the right, you know, equipment, the right recording interface, etc. blah, blah, blah. But you don't. Just, you know, as you say, just speak, get comfortable and let it go, I think. <laughs> right. And, you know, I've listened to podcasts for years. And, you know, some of them are, you know, you can tell that they were done in studios and, you know, some of them, you know, you can, you can hear the, you can hear the reverb, you can hear, you know, you know, it's not, it's not the greatest, but as long as the content is good, you know, as, as long as, you know, the, the folks on it are genuine, uh, I think, you know, people are forgiving of those things. You know, they, as long as they like what you're saying, as long as they like the message, as long as they, they like, as long as they like the story you're telling, you know, they're going to listen to you. I don't, I don't think, you know, it's never going to be perfect. <laughs> so so don't don't wait to do it don't don't try to don't think you have to make it perfect and just use just use a laptop and a microphone in your closet because you know the, all, <laughs> all the clothes will absorb all this all the echo exactly well, yes, <laughs> we, yes that's true perfectly i think the, what's three is perfectly imperfect um <laughs> people use that's yeah. awesome so jody chris i've really enjoyed having you on the show today hey, before we go mm, um yeah, yeah. we want to give a shout out to jen Jen, Jen's our research oh, yeah. assistant. So, hey, Jen. Hey, Jen. Hey, Jen. <laughs> Not for sure. But no, I really enjoyed having you on the show today. I appreciate your time. And I know I've been like catching up on some of your episodes um, since obviously we connected a few weeks back, well, probably a couple of months back, actually. Um, and I can attest to the, the fact that it is a fun show to listen to. As, as the Jody and Chris mentioned, there are serious topics on there, obviously, but the, the back and forth between you two guys is really cool. And it's almost like I'm a guest at your you know, you, you're getting together for a scotch or a couple of beers in your backyard. And I've come across, <laughs> but, you know, I just brought the beers. I'm just sitting there and you guys are chatting away. So I really, I, I enjoy the show immensely because of that, that back and forth. Well, thanks, Danny. Excellent. That's exactly yeah, that's what great. we're going for. We really appreciate that. So for people that want to uh, check the show out for, your, uh, for themselves and maybe connect with you online, where's the best place that people can find you? Um, it's thedigressionpodcast.com. So the name of the podcast is the Digression Podcast, and um, we're on all of the all of the players. So uh, you know Apple Apple Podcast and Spotify and Amazon Music now, and so we're on all of those. But uh, we have a Facebook page. We do a little bit on Twitter. We do some on Instagram at DigressPod. The same name for all three of them. And uh, but our but our web page is um, thedigressionpodcast.com. Okay, and I'll be sure to leave all the links for these uh, for the website and the, the social uh, networks uh, in awesome. the show notes. So if you're listening to this on your favorite uh, podcast app, make sure to you know hop on, on down to the show notes and you'll find all the details there. So as I mentioned, Jody, Chris, I really appreciate you on the show today. Um, and we'll look forward to you know, listening to more of your adventures in the weeks ahead. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Danny. This is awesome, great. thanks. So this has been another episode of Podcaster Stories. If you'd enjoyed this week's show, uh, be sure to check out other episodes over at podcasterstories.com or on your favourite podcast apps like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, etc. Until the next time, take care and we'll speak soon. <laughs>